Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super fast three-player online poker set and go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner take all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 96 on the OneOuter.com podcast. Sponsored by AmericasCardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back, then click on one of the adverts or banners on the oneouter.com website and simply sign up for your account. Follow us on Twitter at oneouter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash oneouter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on the oneouter.com website and also via iTunes for free. Just search oneouter podcast. If you want to send questions in for Alex on a future show, then the best way is to email questions at oneouter.com. Alternatively, you can tweet them or post them in the Facebook group. Alex, how are you? You're getting ready for the World Series and stuff. Um, so what's going on? No, not much, man. Yeah, just getting ready for the World Series. I, I got a long work day ahead of me because I have, you know, a ton of stuff I was supposed to get done before the World Series uh, trip, and of course I did not do so until the last day. But yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm hanging in. What's up with you? Um, not much. Just the same. Watching some rubbish films and stuff, <laughs> I've seen, stuff I've seen before. I watched Last Action Hero last night with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, um, so that was good fun. That, that was, was good, good fun. You know, I watched Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid the other day. I'd never yeah. seen that movie before. God, movies used to be good. Dude, like, yeah. I mean, like, there, there's no point to that entire movie. Like, there's no plot. It's just about two guys robbing banks, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a good movie because, like, the stunts are real. Like, when they run and, like, jump off, like, a horse onto a train or something, you're, you're like, still in awe, even though it's 50 yeah. years old, because somebody did that, and, like, the explosions are real, and uh, the banter between the two is hilarious, and, uh, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a fun movie, and then, you know, I, like, I was like, man, I want to go to a, uh, I want to go to a movie in the theater, and then it was like, you know, Marvel prevent, presents, you know, Ask Pimple yeah. Man, 17, <laughs> right? And then it's just, okay. Yeah. But, oh, dude, I got a movie you got to see real quick, because yeah. I know this isn't a movie podcast. I, I th- I, it's called Veronica, I believe. It's an entire movie done in one shot, legitimately done in one shot. And right. it's, a, it's a heist movie, right? Like, it's a, that's all I'm going to say about it. But some chick runs into some guys, like, and she's just talking with them, and it, it ends up, like, it, it turns into, like, the night from, like, it, just, like, the wildest drinking night ever, and it actually turns into, like, a really good drama. It's one of the most mind-blowing movies I've ever seen. It's a, it, the only reason I think it didn't win Best Foreign Language Film last year was because the chick is from Spain and the, the men are from Germany, and it takes place in Berlin, and when they're speaking with each other, as opposed to with among themselves, they speak in English. And yeah, yeah. of course the Academy said, well, I'm sorry, this is too much English. And yeah, uh, yeah it, but it's, uh, it's incredible. The enti- the, literally the entire movie is in one shot and there's like car chases, shootouts, uh, a heist. Me- and it's like, it all flows. You would totally, 
it's one of the most mind-blowing movies you've ever seen because you really feel like you're with them on this yeah. movie. And it's totally plausible, and all the characters are super memorable. But, yeah, it's a... I'll check it out. Oh, dude, it's badass. It I somehow got to see it in the theater here, and it was just, oh, oh my God, it's incredible. First 30 minutes are really slow. I'm just warning you. And it, it's uh-huh. not like they could speed it up because it's all one shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it works out really well. Uh, something different. Yeah, it was different. different. And by the way, for the record, I hated Birdman. I thought that was the most pretentious piece of... That was the other one-shot movie that totally wasn't one shot. It was, you know, just 50 shots. And then, you know, they just happened to wind around the room while they were going on their monologues about, you know, what rich white people think about life. And, yeah, uh, yeah, so anyway... Uh, anyway, uh, I, I, th- I thought Birdman was all right. It was okay, it was, it was okay, but everybody was telling me, like, this is, like, the greatest movie all year, and I watched, and I was like, you know, this is fine, like, but it's not, like, that good, like, it's, a, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I think the performances were good, rather than, it, like, being a great film. Yeah, you know? what's her I name? Think... Emma, Emma Stone's actually a really good actress, and... And Michael Keaton's just My, great. Michael well. Keaton was good. Edward Norton has... The thing that bugged me is there's some really authentic lines in that movie. Like when Edward Norton goes, I wish I could take your eyes so I could see this city the way I did when I was your age. Like that was uh, like because I was like in the city at a really young age and I thought anything was possible. And then, you know, as time goes by, you realize that's not true. And like that, that, that line to me was like, oh, that's so good. And then the rest of it was like, I feel like this is some sheltered kid trying to write a line as good as that one. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm, I'm just not feeling it in a lot of this. You know what I mean? Are there, they just keep trying to hit home runs when they should be like trying to set up doubles. You know what I mean? Sorry, that's baseball. I know you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> they should, but yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, what's good? What are we talking about today? Okay, well, let's turn it straight from movie podcast right back into poker. Yes, and we're going to start. We're going to start the very cool email we uh, received. Well, I received it. I don't think Alex is, uh, knows about this or anything yet, so I'm just going to read it out. And uh, the subject is some news. Uh, Barry and Alex, I previously wrote for advice on moving to Maryland to play professionally and bankroll advice for WSOP. I have some news. Uh, the first leg of my WSOP trip was June the 2nd to the 15th, in which I didn't cash in any events until my last event, the 1,000 buy-in no limit, and I won it for $316,920. Holy uh, It is in part a one-hour podcast bracelet, and I tip my hat to you guys for all the help you've given me. You are both eating some fine dining on me if we ever cross paths. I also, yeah, I'll be making sure of that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I I also started streaming on Twitch a few months ago, and it has been a blast. I'm currently on a flight back to Vegas for the main event and a few other tournaments. Thanks for everything, and I hope you and the listeners can share in the victory. God bless. And it's from our good friend who's emailed in quite a lot. Chase Bianchi. Oh or my Bianchi. God, dude! So real. he won a he won a bracelet and three hundred and sixteen thousand nine hundred and twenty dollars in the one K buy. Dude, that's badass! Congrats, dude. That's I I can't tell you how happy I am right now. I don't I don't want to yell because my wife is sleeping. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like that's so cool. It's very cool. I mean, I just thought like, wow, you know. And it's great for people to hear. I mean, this this was a guy that was emailing in questions like anybody can any week, you know, any yeah, month. Uh-huh. 
and he's obviously applying it, and he's you know going back and forward and. Yeah, all right, you know, everybody's got to run good and stuff to win a bracelet, but he's put himself in this position to go there, play a few events, and yeah, the last one he played, he's won a bracelet in $316,000. That's so, insane, dude. That's yeah, really I, th- I, I said we'd be happy with the $16,000. You know, <laughs> yeah, making an eight. Over. Making yeah. 300K, you know what I mean? But yeah. So, uh, no, man, uh, and now he's going to play the main event and everything, and like his life's changed, that's really. Awesome, I'm, man. I'm assuming he's going to manage it really well and stuff from, you yeah, know, like he's carrying himself just now and all the shows we've done talking about, and yourself more so like talking about. You know, yeah. seeing it as a business and managing the money. Yeah, yeah and I, I've been like, okay, here's the 800 ways I did this wrong. Please do not do this, <laughs> right? But, hey, uh, I, just so you guys know, I'm going to, if you guys haven't done so, yeah, go to PokerAdrush.com and sign up for the newsletter. I think at some point during the uh, main event or whatever, I'm just... I, it's occurred to me, I always just go and like read in a cafe anyway at some point, and then and eventually a one-outer guy sees me, and then we end up like talking, and then I, I figure we should all just hang out at the same time, so I'm just going to announce, like, I'm going to get a coffee and read, and whoever shows up there, we're getting coffee and we're BSing, right? And yeah, let's see if we can get five people there, 20 people there, or maybe, you know, maybe if you're all real love me, no, no one shows up, but we'll see, <laughs> you know, like, but... uh. Yeah, man, we we all gonna meet up, and you don't gotta buy me anything. You know what I mean? You can you can buy me an espresso. That's uh, as you've all learned, that's pretty much all I need. But yeah, uh, that's awesome, dude. Like I can't tell you how happy that makes me. But it's our first one outer bracelet, man. First one outer listener bracelet. I gotta, I yeah, gotta get another. <laughs> listen, listeners, you know we have listeners that are bracelet winners now. That's so uh, I'm sure we always have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Barry Greenstein. Well, Phil Ivy listened to one of the shows when Barry Greenstein was on. So oh, for real? You know, wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that that was the one when he Barry Greenstein came back on and spoke to me about, it, and he was like. Phil was shouting in my ear, like, why are you saying this and that, like, on the show? <laughs> I, like, on the show. And that was that was the one article that sort of, like, went viral right around the yeah. uh, Phil Tilt time when he was saying that, you know, Barry said this on this podcast. Oh, and it was right. it was my, my interview with Greenstein. Well, the funniest yeah. thing is people always told us we should do a podcast together. And I was like, guys, I don't know, like, Barry. Barry, like, interviews, like, the biggest names in poker. Like, I know... He enjoyed his time with me, but like at the same time, and then, you know, I hit you up. I'm like, do you want to do this show where you just read out questions and I do the other 98? Per- yep. Yep. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So it, it's working yeah. out. It's working out. <laughs> but, yeah. It's good. It's an easy, easy gig. And we got bracelet winners now as well. So well done, Chase. Um, big congratulations. And, it's good. It should inspire people, not just people that are going to the World Series, maybe people that are playing big local events or, yes, you know, national events and stuff in the UK. And, you know, it's it's out there to win it. None of these other players, if you're putting in the work and listening to this show, buying Alex's materials or attending his webinars and card runners and everything and getting all in your head and then, you know, you get that little bit of run good and you put yourself in the situation. You know, anybody can do it. It's oh, like, speaking of my materials, by the way, if you guys want to get them for cheaper than they're ever going to be, right now, uh, it's almost $1,000 if you buy them all together. Right now, all of them together are $400. If uh, You can write me at alex at com for details. On com, we have, like, the main 
ad, you can see everything. But yeah, if you guys, and if you've bought any of the webinars in the past, I can give you a reduced price because obviously I don't want you to buy something again. Uh, but yeah, you can get everything. It's like 34 hours of content. You will be a very complete poker player at the end of this master course. Yeah, I forgot to bring this up at the beginning, but yeah, if, uh, and by the way, I, I just wanted to thank you. A lot of you guys buy those materials and stuff like that. And it's such a, it's so, it makes you feel so secure. It's like, oh, I'm going to Vegas and we, I was going to do this sale and, you know, but, uh, I didn't, you know, I did, I, I was a little light just because of some, uh, uh, medical expenses that have come up recently. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, you guys are like, I got you back. And I'm like, hopefully I got you guys back. Well, apparently one of y'all want a bracelet. So, you know, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can all do that. You know what I'm saying? So this is it. It's pretty cool guys. Thank you. I, I really appreciate all your support. And I'm, I'm so glad you guys are doing Chase has been writing into us for like six months, a year. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's always yeah. been down. Like that's so dope. Like that's so cool. Yeah, and if you guys, by the way, if you guys see me in Vegas, hit me up. Like, don't be a stranger. Like, chances are, if you're nervous about talking to me, or not like nervous, but like you don't want to bother me, you're probably the exact person I would really like to talk to. It's the people that feel like I owe them twenty minutes of my day that I do not want to speak with. But if you're like just, oh, I'll leave him alone, you're the exact person I would actually really like if you said hi, you know, because you're obviously polite enough to think about what I'm running around doing something. But, yeah, just hit me up. We'll uh, we'll talk, you know, I'm a and uh, yeah, hopefully you all are winning bracelets. You just haven't told me. Uh, this is dope, man. This is so <laughs> yeah. sick. This is so sick. <clears throat> yeah, it is amazing, actually. It is amazing. And uh, Chase, if you want to buy the site and podcast, then message me back. <laughs> you want to do yeah. this? I'll throw, I'll throw Alex in. Yeah, <laughs> I'll throw him in. Package deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well done, Chase. I mean, can't say it enough. But I was great email to get, and Alex didn't know about that email until like live. I just read read that out to Alex. That's the first time Alex is here, and as well, I wanted to kind of surprise him and give him a little bit of uh, good positivity. That was so. pretty dope. And like Barry, for all of his like curmudgeonly ways, he's like, I have some good news, and I was like, what? What could good news be to Barry, right? And then it was like a, listen, <laughs> a listener like winning a bracelet. It was like so it, it, Barry might play hard to get, but he really loves you guys. Oh, the movie I think is called uh, Victoria. The at the beginning that I talk about. Sorry, Victoria Veronica. It's one of those. I don't know. It's a it's some chick's name, and they say it twice in the movie. Sorry, I forgot. As you can see, my brain is still scattered. Any anywho, I guess we yeah, should get I'll, into some I'll questions. Try. I'll ch I'll check it out. I will check it out. Yes. Um. Okay. Uh. Let's go into the questions then. This one is from Neil. Um. Hey, hoping you guys can help me out. I really struggle when playing out long sessions, especially when I. I remind me, Alex, if I've read this out last show because we did re record two episodes, but I, it's maybe just familiar to me because. I've already read it out, but I couldn't see it in the notes. Uh, the I, I don't think we talked about this one. Okay, it's, okay. It's, it's, if, if we do, if we did, then I apologize. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, hey, hoping you guys can help me out. I really struggle with playing out long sessions, especially when, say, I'm only one or two games left near the end. Uh, even when I'm deep, say, at last uh, hundred. I think we did two. do this one. I think we did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I think we did. All right, move, move. If we did, if we did, deal, I'll do it next show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, or I'll do it on my YouTube channel. I'm sure it's in episode ninety-five. Yeah. Uh, okay, this one is from Anthony. 
you guys have talked about bankroll management lots in previous episodes. I know Alex is very conservative with, say, over 200 buy-ins, possibly 400 buy-ins. But the more I read into variance and experience it, I think it's possible you can still go bust with, say, 400 buy-ins if you're a winning player. So do we accept this as a risk or decide to play even safer? You have a risk of ruin. And, uh, and I mean, it is professional gambling. That, that's one thing a lot of people forget about is it is professional gambling. And that's, that's something that's always really surprised me. Like when I see like a young uh, – one of the reasons that uh, – Vegas is so strange to me as you see a lot of like 25 year old guys like with a you know like putting on a puss face by the main event because this somehow isn't the year that they've won millions of dollars you know when really to me it's a you know just kind of growing up like gambling on different things and like you know sports betting and just gambling was a big part of just my culture like growing up you know what I mean like you, you were on a basketball court you would but even though none of us could play a lick, like, you know, you put money on it. Like, you you put money on a lot of different things, right? And uh, you just kind of understood, like, gambling. You win some, you lose some. And a lot of times, uh, you know, you, you're playing cards or whatever. Like, money goes in and out. That's just how it is. And uh, there's a lot of guys that don't seem to understand that. Now, the, the good thing about professional gambling is you can reduce your risk of ruin. Your risk of ruin... If I remember correctly, and it's been a long time since I checked this out, without, with like 200 buy-ins, it's like 4 point something percent, right? With like uh, with 200 buy-ins, it's like 4 point something percent. With like 300 buy-ins, it's like 2 point, or it's like 3.4 or something. But like the, the differences you're getting are really uh, infinitesimal. You know, they're very, they're very small, right? I've never said that word in my life out loud. Did I get it right, Barry? Yeah, yeah, you're clo- yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, you're closer to where they came up with this crazy language. So, yeah, isn't it weird we're both from a country that like isn't English, and like we speak English right now? I mean, it's always weird to me. It's like it's it's random the languages we could be speaking. Like we could all like over in the 18th century. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm not answering your question. Sorry, but like it looked like everybody was going to be speaking Russian and French like at one point like 150 years ago, but now we're like you're Scottish, I'm, you know, my and my family's largely from Alaska and other areas, but we're speaking English right now. It's so, it's so different. Like but yeah, anyway, uh uh what the hell were we talking about? Okay, your risk of ruin. It's you're never going to get it down to like zero, but I've met very few people that are really good with the 200, 300 buy-in rule that have gone broke. But the, usually why people go broke is they don't want to move down. That's the only, to me, poker was always like a video game and that the money wasn't really real. And, you know, just kind of growing up like gambling and like screwing around. Like I, I didn't really, uh, m- money, it, money didn't really mean a whole lot growing up. I mean, we always needed it and we never had it. Right. But then, it was one of those things like uh, when you got money, you had to get rid of it really quick because somebody was going to take it from you for God knows what, right? And you, uh, uh, so I just kind of always was like, if I got to move down, I got to move down. I don't care. I, I get to keep playing this awesome computer game, you know what I mean? And uh, I think that was the only thing that always seemed to help me. Like I'd go on down swings for months at a time, but like I'd always recover. And I'd, I'd buy a radial arm saw and I'd put it in my shop, which is right next to my, uh, right next to where I'm recording right now. So maybe y'all can hear that. But uh, it, it, it was, uh, it, 
it's a trip how many guys will not move down. And you, as long as you move down, most guys do pretty well and they rebound, right? But you got to get creative when you move down. You know, you like you move down. And it's like, well, hold up, now I can play any hours because there's like ten and twenty dollar tournaments all over the place, right? Maybe I play a little on America's Card Room late at night. Maybe I play a little early in the morning or like the pack rim schedule, right, or something like that. If you get creative with it, a lot of times you'll rebound. But a lot of guys don't get creative. A lot of guys move up. A lot of guys stay at their stakes. They're like, well, I got 174 buy-ins. That's close. And then out of nowhere, they have 120 buy-ins. And now I really don't want to move down now because now I'm like dying compared to where I was before. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to adapt into other games, right? That's the other thing. I played uh, – I'm a large winner in singles, cash games, and MPTs, right? And I would never say, like, I'm a – like, if you said, do you want to play sit goes now? I'd say no. I think probably the kids these days could really, you know, I probably would make money, but I probably wouldn't be, like, anywhere near, like, the best guys at it, right? And the same thing goes for, like, cash games. Like, I, I could always, like, eke out a living, in more than eke out a living sometimes, but when I got really on it. But, like, I just played 100 NL, 200 NL, 400 NL. I, I did play some 10, 20, and 25, 50, and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, I wasn't really, I probably had no business in those games. I, I think if I really look back and track everything, I would bet my ass. I was probably down a couple buy-ins, right? I don't think I made anything. But, uh, you know, it, it was more like just for the rush. But like, uh, I, uh, but, like, diversifying is another, like, big thing. Like, when you're young, like, the first four years you play poker, this is why I always ask people like why what do you want to what do you what do you want from poker and they're like oh the money man I'm like go get a job at McDonald's like if you work 4 years at McDonald's most likely you will become the manager and you will make 50,000 a year and you will have health benefits right that is supposedly the worst job you could have in a first world country is working at McDonald's and it will pay you more I cannot I cannot guarantee you you will make a dollar after four years in poker. I cannot guarantee you that, right? Your first four years in poker are supposed to be spent learning. If you make a couple of bucks, great, you know, but like you should, my first four years in poker, like professional poker, I learned how to play sit and goes, MPTs, and cash games. And then the, my next few years in poker were a lot easier because let's say MTTs weren't going that well as they happen to do. I would just, you know, 16 table for eight hours like every morning and then call and eventually it would you know i'd make a couple grand and i'd be all right right even if i had to move down to 100 nl i would do it which by the way a lot of people play 100 nl for a living but if back in malta when everybody was a baller bro uh they like if i told people i was playing 100 nl it was was like laughed out of the room you know but, you know, it, it's you you can if you diversify and move down and get creative, you can make enough money uh, to re- effectively help you not have a pretty small risk of ruin. So, you know, just be sure to do that. Diversify. Learn as much as you can. Really try to pick one game and like nail it. And then once you feel like you're you're not getting a ton out of it, I'd really start from sit and goes, go to MTTs, then go to cash games. Right. And uh uh, it really p- take advantage of those rake back deals. And I, you can't, to, in my opinion, you, you can't just play MTTs. A lot of MTTers would be dumbfounded if I said that, but that is the honest to God truth. You can go, uh, there are some like financial devices you can use. If you have a bit of a reputation to have a bit more of a stable career, 
you can check it out. If you go on YouTube and you just Google like Assassinato webinar, uh, backing webinar, I think you can see a free webinar that I did uh, about this topic, about how if you sell percentages of yourself, you can get like an, you, maybe like a thousand or two thousand a month. Uh, well, you do clip your upside a little bit. It, it is a financial instrument that a lot of people want to use. So, yeah, good luck to you. I hope this has helped. Yep. And uh, let's go straight into the next question. It is from Pete. Oh, good. Hi. Hi. Can you discuss what are the most important things to deal with when it comes to tilt when playing live? I'm talking about in the heat of the moment. I sometimes find myself in battles with people or get pissed at particular players, even though I know I shouldn't. Thanks, guys. Well, I mean, this is the hardest type of tilt to deal with is uh, online because, uh, and hold on, my dogs are moshing. And uh, it, it, the hard, I mean, excuse me, is not online, it's live. Because, you know, you can see the person and uh, a lot of less than, uh, I, I'd say, it, there's a lot of people that take your money in live poker that you can look at him and go, really that guy? And, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's not really, that's not really that good. And, uh, it, it, it's, uh, uh, it, it is definitely, I, I think what, it, I think what's really helpful is that you just go in with the attitude that like, look, this is gambling. Uh, goofy things are supposed to happen. 90% of the people that play this tournament are, not going to cash. Uh, it's really likely the chip leader at this table doesn't even cash. And even if he wins it, God bless him, because a lot of these guys lose all their money within two years. So it sounds kind of weird, but like I, I always feel like I'm in this dystopian society where nobody makes it out unless they're like really, really smart with the money. So like when I'm playing with a bunch of people, I just assume they're there for fun because a lot of people don't make it out. Even if they get the money, they lose it, right? There's a lot of people, like when I started playing, I couldn't, like, whoever, in the words of Kevin McPhee, whoever won the big pot with Alex at the end of the, the last 50 people in the tournament would win the tournament, right? And he, his simpler one was all the chips go through assassinato, was his opinion, right? And uh, it, it was pretty frustrating because it seemed whoever won, like, a huge flip with me would end up going to win the tournament, and this was back when, you know, you could be more of a player like that because there just weren't many hyper-aggressive players like I was, like, back in 2009, 2010. And I could get away with a lot more pots uh, than I used to, uh, than uh, a lot of people could, right? And then, like, in 2006, 2007, maybe people were, you know, may, maybe people let you get away with it. But, like, 2009, 2010, I definitely felt some... I found some ways that I could really take advantage of people. And, uh, but eventually, you know, 2016, there were all these people I was jealous of. And I like, I see them at live tournaments and I, you know, I'll be honest. My first reaction was like, ha ha, you're broke now, buddy. Right. And then, uh, and then I kind of was like, dude, that's kind of terrible. Like, doesn't that guy have kids, you know, and stuff like that. And then, uh, and then there was a whole lot of, you know, they have money, but they seem miserable. Like, they just seem like they, they were expecting poker to, like, complete them as a human being. And when it didn't do that, they, they didn't really know what to do with their lives. And there, there's a lot of guys are, like, you talk to them, you can tell they're really unhappy. They're not really doing anything with their life that they enjoy. So 
I mean, this is the thing about poker. Like, every poker player, if you listen to them, will say, uh, you know, I'm hoping to win. And it's become real fashionable to say, I hate poker. And it's like, I'm going to win and you'll never see me again, right? I'm going to buy a house and you're never going to see me again. I can count on one hand the guys who bought a house. Like, period, right? Not even... And none of them disappeared. They all stayed in the game. And eventually a lot of them, you know... You see them win, like, let's say they win, like, $1 million. That seems like a ton of money. Well, they got to pay their backers, so now it's 500000 Now they got to pay taxes. Now it's 300000 And then the guy goes out and he plays, like, a bunch of 10Ks and stuff like that because he deserves it. And, you know, the 300K, 250K, it's not that different. And then eventually the guy's got, like, 170 or, like, whatever, right? And then uh, he, he lost money that year, and then he made a little money the next year, but he's got to pay taxes on it, so he doesn't really get much of an edge. And then – uh. You know, he wants to buy a house, so he puts a down payment on a house, thinking everything is going to work out, and eventually it just isn't, and then he has to sell the house. What I'm describing right now is 99% of professional poker players. That It's like the Matrix. Like, so many people just can't unplug, you know what I mean? That's why I've focused so much on having a life outside of poker, and I've stumbled, and I've kind of, uh, uh, you know, I've made my mistakes, right? But at the same time, I can tell you fully right now, you know, if they told you, like, poker was illegal tomorrow, I would have a lot of ways to make money, right? And I'd have a lot of different things that I'd like to pursue that I really, really enjoy, right? And uh, a lot of these guys don't have it. So when you're getting jealous of these people, are you getting – and it is jealousy. Let's, there's two things. One, it's entitlement. Uh, like, seven out of nine guys that sit down at a poker table are not going to win, right? And uh, especially – in tournament poker, it's like eight out of nine guys, right? So, like, the, you acting like you're supposed to be that one out of nine is pretty ridiculous. And deeper in the tournament, I, I cannot remember a tournament I won where I didn't, like, get gutted at some point and lose, like, 50 60% of my chips at some point. So when we get mad at that occurring, it's like saying, well, I, I shouldn't have to have the normal swings that other tournament players have, which is pretty preposterous because... As you get further in tournaments, it's just a pressure cooker designed to make stuff ha- like that happen. All the most aggressive players gather in one spot. The blinds and annies go up to a point where everybody's forced to play. And uh, that's why people like watching tournaments deep is you just watch everybody go insane, right? And you've got to keep a level head through this. Uh, I'd really recommend meditation. I'd really recommend talk therapy. A lot of times what you're getting mad at is stuff. Uh, I, I'd really recommend like just going to a therapist or a psychologist or something. A lot of times what you're getting pissed at is so outside the game, you don't really realize that it. it's just uh, it, it, you, you're, you're just taking it out at the table, you know. And uh, I, I think a big thing to remember is, you know, these, uh, nobody really wishes you well. Nobody really cares who you are. Nobody really cares. And uh, I think it's a good idea just to kind of, uh, I, I don't want to say stay in your own little world because that sounds like you should be distracted, right? But it, I think you should have your cell phone. I think you should have one of those separate chargers for cell phones, the ones that, like, can keep you charged. And uh, I, I would just, you know, I'd have your cell phone all day, and after every hand, I'd try to take a note, right? And uh, it can just be anything, like so-and-so Ray, so-and-so. And, like, you, you're probably not going to reread through your notes, right? But just by taking notes, you know you're actually paying attention, and you can, uh, uh, 
you, if you want to like go into your own little world, if you're actually paying attention to the game, I think that's okay. Like sometimes I'll listen to like podcasts and stuff like that while I'm playing because, but here's, here's the catch. If I watch a hand and there's a, uh, I don't know what happened. I got to turn off everything. Right. And I can talk with people at the table. Like, by the way, a lot of people say like, Oh, you're really engaged at the table. If you're talking with someone, it's like, well, that's not how your classroom teacher saw it. If you were, like, grab-assing in the back of the class, you probably didn't pay really good attention to what was going on at the front of the board. And that can happen, too, when you're at a poker table. So, you know, it's okay to be, like, friendly, but, like, you shouldn't be, like, talking nonstop unless it's with absolutely everyone, which is really exhausting. I've tried to do that a few times, and it has helped, but it's super exhausting, right? But uh, I'd really recommend you just, you know, you you just pr- try to pay attention to every hand, like write it down. Kind of keeping it in a text format is really good because you kind of realize this is just a game. Uh, and I I think you got to really, uh, I think you got to really like congratulate people like when they do well against you, right? Uh, that to me is always like really deflected against people. Uh, a, a lot of people try to like give me a look like, oh, I got you, right? And they're there's just random people that, for whatever reason, just don't uh, – they're just not going to like you for your nationality or how you look or, you know, maybe maybe you look like a guy that took their girlfriend years ago or something. You know, you never know, <laughs> right? You have no idea. And yeah. uh, you just got to – you, you, you got to uh, – you, you just got to deflect that, right? Just uh, it, It's the most infuriating thing in the world trying to hate someone, and the guy's just super nice, right? As anybody who's ever, like every guy's had this experience, or a girl, right? You know, somebody comes in to your work or like your school, and they're, you know, they're, they're just like perfect looking, and they're nice to everybody, and you're like, God, I hate this person, right? And then you, when you talk to them, it's like, oh, they're like the nicest people, right? And then eventually you begrudgingly go, ah, all right. You know what I mean? But, like, if you give them reasons to, like, go after you, I think it's a really bad thing to, like, get into this, like, grudge match. Or, like, I see a lot of people banter when, you know, I like talking. I like talking smack more than anybody, right? Like, I mean, I, I fly to different places to do it, right? Because I enjoy it so much. And, uh... But but the difference is I don't, I don't bring it at the poker table because if people are playing not their normal game, it's a little harder to predict that unless you're really good at being a behavior analysis right a- analyst. So uh, I I think it's just generally a matter of when you enter the, when you enter the tournament, you are in there for an experience. Now that experience, like when you go to the main event, it might be you bust the very first hand. <laughs> That might be the experience, and that is quite an experience. Not everybody gets to lose $10,000 in two minutes, right? And uh, hopefully that's not the experience you have, but what you're doing is you're buying an experience, and part of that experience is financial reward is possible, but you have to understand that 90% of the time it's not going to happen, right? And that you got to, or at minimum, 80%, 75% of the time, right? So you just got to go in there. And you're you're accepting it's going to be an experience. The money's going to be gone, and you just got to play your heart out. That's it. And if anybody takes you down, just look them in the eye and say, "Nice call, nice hand, whatever it is," you know. And you got to mean it. You really got to mean it. And there's a lot of times you, you know, I used to just do that for my own sanity, right? Something I used to do is I used to get on tilt all the time when I was playing on my poker. And then I came up with this weird thing, which was. 
if I get tilted against somebody, I'm going to say something nice about his game. Like, and I would verbally make myself say it. I, I told you all I'm eccentric, right? But I would make myself say something good about the guy's game. And then that really became a habit. And uh, eventually I learned quite a bit about a lot of different players. And I learned a lot about my own game because there were all these things these guys were doing that were actually really intelligent that I wasn't noticing because I was letting my pride and my ego get in the way, right? And uh, that was so silly. And eventually, uh, it's gotten to the point, like, when I play online poker, it is very rare for me to get tilted. There will be times I get depressed. But mo like, most, most of the time what happens is I get kind of down for a few minutes, right? And I get super worried I'm playing bad. That's, that's really what happens. But having to, like, say what, you know, uh, or trying to see things from different people's perspectives. Like, there's a lot of times in live poker, like, people say disparaging remarks to everybody, right? But, and when it's come at my expense, a lot of times I always, like, I used to get really pissed. But then, like, later on I would think, like, you know, what, what's going on in this dude's life that he feels the need to, like, try to cut me down when I, I didn't even speak to him the entire day, right? Or, like, I, I, it's like, man, that dude must be... You know, and you try to try to imagine like a time in your life when you're, maybe you were younger and you were just so obsessed with how unfair life was, and but you really weren't doing crap with your life, right? And uh, even you know, it's it's worthy to point out you might have been doing pretty well at that point, right? You know, maybe your parents were really well off at that point, and you were living in their house and things were going really well, but you just thought everything was awful, and it's like God, like. You know, this guy can't see the forest because the trees are in the way, right? It's a, it, and if you try to empathize and you try to sympathize, and it, it, what ends up happening is you let a lot of things, uh, like, roll off. And uh, stoicism is pretty interesting, too. I got, I got the letters from Seneca, the new audio book that uh, Tim Ferriss <laughs> put out, by the yeah. way, Barry. It's pretty, it's pretty good. It's really, it's really nice to listen to, like, when I'm, like, cleaning the house or something. It's uh, uh -huh. I love audiobooks, man. Like audiobooks are like people don't like you do a lot of crap around the house and it's like what what do you do when you're doing crap around the house? Like do you watch T V or something? I, I usually put a podcast on Oh um, that's dope. On, on so audio you, thing. you actually I usually put a podcast. That's why you're so that's why you're so well. Not my own. Not this yeah, I've got yeah, I've <laughs> never I've never listened to this podcast. But yeah, they uh I, I've listened to some of your other, uh, like, I don't want to really hear myself speak, to be perfectly honest, but, like, I've listened to other ones that you've had, like, Phil, I'm a huge Phil Locke fan, so that one was, like, Phil Locke's, like, the nuttiest guy ever, like, but, it, yeah, yeah uh, no, I mean, yeah, listening to podcasts is a huge deal, right, listening to audiobooks is so nice, but, yeah, that's the one thing that's cool about your job is, like, I, I can't, it, like, when I'm playing poker, I can't, like, if I'm playing more than one table, I can't, like, listen to a podcast, you know what I mean? Because it's just, uh, I shouldn't, you know, it might be distracting. It does. It didn't seem to affect me before, but, like, poker is getting a lot tougher. But, yeah, anyway, next question. Okay, and this will be the last question for today, and it is from Gary. I'm looking at changing my poker routine. I'm a part-time player currently, and with new work commitments... My hours for poker are going to be limited. I might manage only one day a week, likely the Sunday. Possibly the odd few hours on an evening as well, but this is really unlikely and might only be one or two times a month. So technically I'm looking at one day a week for my poker. 
what would you guys say is the best use of my time, what games and stakes, etc.? It's pretty tough for me to answer that without knowing what your goals with poker are. If you're trying to become a serious professional, this is probably going to have to be pretty sweatshop hours uh, on that Sunday. It, you, I, I, seriously, you've got to pretend like you're going to night school or you've got to pretend like you're going to a workshop, like a boot camp, and really just like 8, 10, 12 hours, just really lay it on her. What I used to do back in the day when I only had a few days was uh, I just did 16, 18 hours, right? And I wouldn't recommend that to a lot of people, but that's what I had to do to make it. If you're trying to be a serious amateur, what I, I would do generally is just enjoy it because I find if you just enjoy it, you end up learning more. Uh, don't have like a goal that you have to be. Everybody in poker seems to think they – now this doesn't apply to you. I don't know you, but like uh, whoever wrote this in, uh, I, I, this, the, it, everybody in poker seems to think they're supposed to be a badass like the first time they play. It's like nobody would go on the golf course like the fourth time and expect – themselves to be tiger woods but everybody seems to think poker is like driving or sex or something you're just born with or you're not born with right and everybody wants to talk about what a card player they are most people are not good card players i was not even when i was a professional making a lot of money i was not like a great card player even today like if you change the poker game from nolan and hold'em i'm likely not going to be that good Right. And so to me, that's a different kind of card player. You know what I mean? And if you just want to play cards for fun, for money, and you want to be serious about it, I would start in the morning with, I'd really try to enjoy your study time, right? Normally a really long study session is like two hours. I think you should go like four, right? And I, what I would do is I would just try to try to find stuff that's the most effective and soak it up, right? The reason I started doing all my webinars was the videos I really enjoyed on different training sites were more or less uh, theory videos, right? Like I was a huge fan of Matthew Jonda. Uh, I was a huge fan of early Deuces Cracked because they did stuff that was more like a classroom. And I was just really into that stuff. And uh, it still really disappoints me to this day uh, how many like pros just you know wing it when it comes to their training videos that to me like makes me pretty sad uh i there's a lot of guys i'd really like to see you know pick like specific hands that they really enjoy right or is concepts that i think are really interesting even if it's a bit more sometimes i think they're they're you know just doing really frivolous stuff like there's this great quote i saw the other day our joke and it was like you know, knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. Uh, philosophy is wondering if ketchup is a smoothie. And there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, wondering if ketchup is a smoothie in training videos, right? And, uh, it, it, but like, I really wanted to like get to the core of it. And I think like getting to the core of it, if you can find like theory videos that you think are like really educational, I think that's what you should be spending the morning on and a lot of times you're going to have to rewatch stuff because you know you're going to watch it and then you don't have the rest of the week to really think about it I, i'm wondering can you study throughout the week that's really interesting because a lot of people have time on their commute right when we did master poker with one hour a day what we assumed was you had like a laptop and you had like maybe an ipad or something and you had like an hour a day and we discussed all the ways that you, you could uh, 
you, you could really become better with one hour a day. And one of the things you can do is uh, uh, there's like Poker Snowy, which is essentially this bot that just plays really, really well. And uh, you can play against him for like fixed fixed times and see what uh, game theory optimal play would be versus this uh, bot in Hold a Manager 2. You can like go through what I recommended in Master Poker with one hour a day. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Assassin Auto Coaching. I'm uh, One of the things I'm going to be trying to do today is a short little training video about it, it just shows you one of the things we have from Master Poker with one hour a day which is just a filter I use. Uh, to, uh, essentially, I showed a bunch of different filters at one point during that webinar, and that allows you to set up like deliberate practice sessions where you look specifically at hands where you three better, specifically at hands where you flatted from the big blind, and I tell you what to look for. And if you can find you know, where you're messing up and where you're not messing up, that's really powerful, right? And then you can reapply that. The reason... If you think about it, uh, if you think about a sport that you really enjoy, let's say you really enjoy tennis, you can play tennis all day, every day for years, and then you might get one tennis coach, and after 10 minutes of him correcting your swing, your game will be 20% better than it's ever been, even after all those years of practice. What essentially you're trying to do is get yourself to be that coach, because the thing is, is... Uh, if I'm watching you there, I'm not watching like the peculiarities of a tennis swing. Uh, it's not something I really have to be hyper present for. I'm looking at data and I can tell when you're misapplying your efforts and your wagers, right? And I can tell you what to look for in a lot of these videos. And you need to find out what that is. And then you just got to pick one concept at a time and really hammer it home. Uh, there's, you know, like opening, how, how do you open? That was the very first webinar I did was why Pistagno is right. Because everybody told me I was nuts, right? Like when I posted that, uh, I posted the advertisement for it. And like, I, I found it on Facebook the other day. It was one of those like memories or somebody was just 26 pros in the chat, just making fun of me. Like you made a webinar about like opening, like this is the dumbest thing ever. And it's like, because all those guys want to talk about is like Thin River Jams and like EPT Monte Carlo and, uh, it, you know, whether it was a good idea or not, because that's what's really fascinating to them. And I'm like, guys, I don't care what's fascinating to you. In fact, this wasn't really thrilling to put together, but just like if you were a basketball coach, a lot of times 85% of your practice is just working on drills, like passing drills, right? Making sure you don't turn over the ball. Because that's such a huge, statistically, that's such a huge percentage of the final scores, how many turnovers you give away, right? These are the basics, and the basics are the building blocks that allow you to build on top of everything else. So, like, the first thing I would do is just start with, like, opening, right? So, I learned everything there was to know about opening. When I was rebuilding my game at, like, 2010, I got sober, and I realized I didn't really know how to play poker. I... I had made quite a bit of money before I had final table APTs, W coops. Uh, and no, I actually, I don't think I had W coop final tables before then or F tops, but like I'd fi I'd final tabled like multiple live events, uh, you know, like five K's, uh, 10 K's or main events or whatever. And then, uh, I'd final tabled majors. I'd, I'd done pretty well. I had tons of wins, but I was always just kind of a feel player 
and it was getting to the, that was right at the point where the Europeans were really making themselves known and they were they were working med school hours to really break down the game and I I, I could kind of see where this was going right and uh, I was like well look I'm not even playing poker that well right now because I'm withdrawing so why don't I just study the game as much as possible and I I, I just I realized like I I have no idea why I open I I don't know why I do it and it's like that's so weird. Right. And I, I was like, I've always just kind of felt my way around. And sure enough, I, you know, I, I started just learning the basics of the mathematics of it. And then what I ended up finding out flew in the face. At that time, they said you cannot race hold from 17 big blinds. And I proved pretty definitively you could. Right. And I started putting that stuff out there at like 2011, 2012. And people were. If you look back at that old thread, there just there's a ton of people making fun of me. Like you got to be the worst player ever if you think you can raise fold that. Because what I put on the flyer was like, there's a reason you should open this, and it was like, it, it was like, do state offsuit or king six offer. It was some garbage hand, right? Uh, with 17 big blinds, but you shouldn't open this, and it was like a six offsuit with 26 big blinds, and the peanut gallery was just insane, right? And of course, none of them attended the webinar, but like 50 people did attend the webinar and they totally saw what I was talking about was there are times people are three betting so much uh, that you, if you do not have a plan to four bet, you will lose money every single time you open. And uh, that was the A6 offsuit. And I proved a lot of people just do that and they have no idea. And there were other times where a guy's folding enough, you could open any two cards from a short stack. And I, that gave me a fundamental basis for my game that I never had before. And then I just started adding one thing at a time. And that's what I recommend you, you should do is just have a specific concept that you're really trying to learn. Uh, you're really trying to learn every day. Like first you start with opens then you start with three bets. And you know what? I'm going to turn this into an advertisement for my stuff because you know what guys, I've, I've literally spent thousands of hours putting this crap together. I, I, my stuff is the best. I'm not going to be modest about this. Like, here's the thing. If you want to learn how to open, why Pisagno is right. If you want to learn how to three bet, you can watch You Flat Too Much, and you can also watch Why Ape Styles is right, because he talks a lot about three betting. If you want to learn about check raising, that's a check raise fool. If you want to learn about dong betting, dissecting the dong bet. If you want to learn about how to uh, like deliberately practice every day and use filters, master poker with one hour a day. If you want to learn about like the mindset advantage you could have, uh, you, the mindset advantage that you could possibly have and how to manage yourself and manage your money, the professional's mindset. If you want to learn how Ape Styles is like crush games for 10 years and uh, learn about post-flop bluffs, taking advantage of cap boards, triple barrels, also re-jams and also why flatting from the big blind is like the new re-steal, uh, why ape styles is right. And uh, if you want to test yourself through a ton of post-flop spots and put, like, test your poker should be $400 just off, off the top, right? Like, it, it, it should be a $400 program because it is five hours plus of just pop quizzes when it comes to poker, right? If you start everyone at your session with three of those questions and deeply thinking through them, that's a huge warm-up, and it's going to be months before you get through all of them, right? But yeah, all of that stuff is 400 bucks right now, and guess, guess what? Uh, the, it's supposed to expire tonight, but if you guys write, if you mention the One Outer podcast, 
I, and the reason, by the way, it expires tonight is not my decision. To me, honestly, okay, here's how it works. Let me tell you guys how the business works. If you guys get the materials for any amount, that's good for me. Because literally all we have to do is send a link. Like once it's done, it's like two seconds of work to get you guys the, the materials, right? Of course you're paying for like the thousands of hours it took me to learn all of this. And then, you know, the hundreds of hours it took to put it together all these, uh, all, all these uh, webinars. But it's kind of like sunk cost at this point. It's really good for me to have as many out there as possible for a fair price. Because if you guys are watching these videos and getting a lot out of them and doing well, and, you know, you win a bracelet and you say, I'm a fan of one outer, that drives my business up, right? So it's more in my best interest to get as many of these out of there uh, at a fair price as possible. However, there's a lot of people that work on these webinars that get percentages off of every sale. So when I bring the prices down, that brings their share down. And while I'm picking up my percentage on every single copy sold of everything, they're only picking up a percentage on one thing, right? So to get them to bring the prices down all at the same time is very difficult. And usually they only want to let it do, go for a few days. Now, I will say the One Outer podcast didn't hear this till Thursday, so it's not fair to give them six hours, right, to make a decision. But you probably should not wait till like Friday or Saturday, right? It, more than Friday or Saturday. But we'll, we'll hook it up, you know what I mean? And write me... And, uh, well, this show, just to interject, this show is going out the week after because we pre-recorded one for last uh, Thursday. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, okay. If you guys write me and say one outer, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk with everyone, all right? I'll talk. Yeah, That's so right. That's right. We pre-recorded. Mention, mention the one outer podcast. Mention the one outer podcast. That's the only way you guys will get past the deadline, okay? That's the only way. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, I, then I get to do six calls. <laughs> Again, right? like, <laughs> like literally, right? Like, and then, uh, well, some of them are just kind of like, Alex, you do what you think you need to do. And others are like, you know what I mean? If you spend like 20 hours making a PowerPoint and like writing everything to help me, you're probably not going to like it. Oh, my share went from $80 to $20. That's awesome. Like, are they ever going to buy it again when it's $80? And it, it's, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, they got to buy everything to get that discount. So it's uh, but yeah, it's 400 bucks, 34 hours of video. But I mean, seriously, okay, going back to the question at hand, one thing at a time. Please study during the week if that's all you can do. 20, every if you don't have 20 minutes, you don't have a life. Pick 20 minutes, 40 minutes. Pick a specific topic every week you want to get into. If you do 20 minutes a uh, a day, five times a week, that's you know that that's almost like two hours of a. And if you got a really tough training video, that's really. Uh, that's really good. And uh, just so you guys don't think this is an infomercial for me, Matthew Jonda is excellent. John Van Fleet is excellent. I love his stuff. Uh, I probably shouldn't recommend stuff on other sites because I do work with Cardroom. Well, it's like run it once is okay because once in a while, while Phil Galfon, actually Phil Galfon, his incredible like theory series, I think was on Blue Fire Poker, which he's not associated with anymore. And anyway, run it once has some interesting stuff on like Andy McLeod and stuff like that, to be honest with you. But uh, I, I don't know. I kind of get frustrated with my subscription sometimes there, but to be fair to them, I, I don't get as much time to check out as many videos as I'd like. And uh, they're really good. Uh, uh, it's, I haven't, 
it, really the guy I like is Matthew John. They're like Matthew, I watch Matthew John videos and I rewatch them and I rewatch them and it's just like Jesus, right? Like this is, and the the only problem with Matthew John is it's really for I think like the advanced player a lot of the time, but it, it's very good stuff. But yeah, be sure to check all that stuff out. Yeah, and as Alex mentioned, message them. They'll be in the show notes. The email address assassinato assassinato coaching at gmail yeah, Or you can do Alex at pokeredress dot com. They both they both will get to me. Mention you had the offer on the One Hour Podcast, and Alex will hook you up for everything that he's done in the last year, two years of your life five, on five, webinars. Five years, dude. Yeah, and uh, I battered all together in actually, one nice package. Actually, I didn't do any webinars before then, so I could just say the last 28 years of my life I'm packaging. Yeah. To you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You can buy Alex's soul for $400. <laughs> uh, that's it. <laughs> and uh, message him and he'll hook you up. Yeah. Um, okay, that's all we got time for this week. Um, Alex, Apart from the $400 package that you're currently offering, which is a great deal, how can people check out your other free content that you're offering, your Twitch channel, etc.? Check out uh, what we're, uh, Twitch channel. I'm trying to get back, by the way, guys. What, what we're trying to do right now is uh, I really just got sick of just recording for three, four hours and just being half dead the entire time. So what I'm trying to do is more focused content. I'm going to go to a local computer store here when I get back from the main event and I'm going to get like a $200 laptop. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to set a loop of like all the, all the footage we have of everything. And that Twitch channel is going to go 24 seven. I have a separate internet connection here and uh, be, be looking out for that. So you'll just have your own poker network. You know what I mean? Actually, I wonder if I can put the rap battles in between. <laughs> that would be pretty interesting, <laughs> right? It's just break it, just break it up, right? And then, uh, yeah, uh, so that's going to be out there. And then uh, we're also, uh, but if you guys want to see a bunch of content like right now on demand, go to my YouTube channel, Assassin Coaching. Uh, the easiest way to go to it is check out the uh, free webinar, Ready to Test Your Poker, which is, it's, uh, it's got over like 2,000, I think it's almost at 2,500 views or something. Oh, no, 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 that's a rap battle. But it's like 2,200 views or something like that, right? Everybody loved that free webinar. It's, a, uh, it, it's really like one of my paid webinars. A lot of people really enjoyed it. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. And, yeah, go ahead, check that out. And underneath there's a little button that hit, says subscribe. Be sure to hit that. Uh, check out PokerHeadRush.com. And uh, that, that has a bunch of, like, the free stuff that's going up. And, uh, yeah, I do a show on my uh, Assassin on Coaching channel called Rants and Raises. And that's essentially my daily vlog. And uh, I hate that word, by the way, with a passion. Video blog. Blogger. Vlogger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Makes me think of, like, fashion. It, it, girls who are supposedly, like, fashion bloggers, you know what I mean? And then, uh, mm. a- anyway, uh, it, and... Uh, Essentially, uh, it, that's just if you guys miss the rants about random things, I, I get an absurd number of emails being like, "I missed your, I, I missed your Twitch channel, Alex." I'm like, "Don't worry, man. I'm doing more poker content." No, I don't miss that. I want the rants, and it's like, "Oh, okay." It's like my poker content isn't good enough for you, and it's like, "Ah, oh, the poker content, it's good, man." But I want the rants, right? I want, you know, I want to see your best Bill Hicks impression, you know. 
And it's, uh, do you even know who Bill Hicks is, Barry? Bill Hicks. Oh, mm. God, dude. This is, I, I never do that. I never. The name rings a bell, but I'm not sure. I, I never, probably... I never do that. I hate people who go like, do you know this, uh, random, like, uh, cricket player from 1974? No. <laughs> oh, right. Like, I hate yeah. that. But this is a comedian I think you should check out. He's, he was like the most bitter, angry comic we ever had, like back before that was cool, uh, in the States. Right. And it was, uh, he had, I don't know a lot of, I know a lot of Irish and Scottish people who love his stuff. Right. Like when I go to, when I went to Ireland, uh, and I go to the pubs and I meet people from all over, they, a lot of them had Bill Hicks shirts and it was like, what? Like he was like a cult figure in the States. Ah, but we love him here. You should check him out. He's real. He's, he's sick. He's, he's really good. Uh, he's dead now, but he was good. A- anyhow, like, how many comedians die, man? It's just insane. But, like, yeah, anyway, I have no idea what the hell I was talking about. Oh, yeah, but he used to be angry about absolutely everything. Rants and Raises is essentially my daily video blog. And if you want to know, well, a lot of people just want to know, like, what do professional poker players do, right? And it's like, well, this is a day-to-day, like, update. And then I'll talk about the topics of the day, my my take on them, and... uh you know, what's flipping my cookie right at that moment. And, uh, yeah, you, you check it out. A lot of people, a lot of people seem to be digging it. The premiere episode, which was literally just me talking into a microphone and a picture up on the screen has like 300 something views right now. But, uh, yeah, you know, be sure to check that all out. And, uh, yeah, write me at Alex at If you need anything else, follow me on Twitter at the assassinato and sign up for that newsletter at PokerHeadRush.com. Please sign up for that newsletter. Lots of good free stuff out on that. Okay, and until next week, I'm off to watch Victoria. Yeah, and, sure. uh, see if it stands up. Thanks for listening, and cheers. Cheers. Every day at America's Card Room, players just like you are scoring big in record time with Jackpot Poker. Jackpot Poker is a super-fast three-player online poker set-and-go. You pick the buy-in, and after all three players are seated, we randomly pick the jackpot. Yep, just three players. No more, no less. And for most jackpot poker tournaments, it's winner-take-all. Imagine turning a $40 buy-in into the ultimate $100,000 game of poker. Anything could happen with jackpot poker. Play it now at America's Card Room.